everyone. Welcome to another past your bedtime story, where I bring to you tonight Phobias, written by Holly Morris, narrated by Ellie Calfer, and illustrated by Bridget Lees. I woke up to the collar being clipped around my neck. I was drowsy, but when I moved, rattled, holding me tight to the chair. Panic shot through me like electricity, causing me to lurch into consciousness. I didn't know where I was. It was a dark room, boarded up and abandoned, with black mould thick on everything. One naked light bulb cast everything in a blurry, watery light, leaving the corners in the shadow. When I yelled for help, the echo went on and on. The more I looked around, the more I saw that made my skin crawl. The old operating table that had been pushed away, the handles splattered with dark stains, the tables that were covered with grimy old sheets, hiding their contents. There was a foul smell of rotting, the sound of hollow wind from a building hiding their contents. That was nothing but a skeleton of what it once was. And the presence of someone watching me. Who's there? My voice quivered. I tried to strain to see them, but the shackles were binding me to the chair. My skin already rubbed raw. I tried not to overthink how this person had been touching me whilst I'd been knocked out, and the indignation I felt caused a moment of boldness. Who's there? Why am I here? You've got something I need, Poppet. Something of your father's. A man stepped out from the shadows. At first glance, you could have said he was quite good looking. Tall, dark haired, and a full angular face. And wide eyes that were so. that were a brilliant blue. He was wearing a lab coat and thick purple nylon gloves, much like the ones Willy Wonka wore in my childhood picture book. However, as he came closer to me, I tried not to show the increasing wave of fear that washed over my false bravado. His eyes were bloodshot, and when he smiled, his teeth were grey and decaying. The lab coat stank of bleach and was too big on him, yet it didn't hide the dark bruises that were dotted up and down his arm, or the way his bones cracked whenever he moved. And when he smiled, it didn't light up his face. Instead, it hollowed him out, causing his collarbone to stick out and his skin pressed tightly against the bones like wet paper, barely holding him together. Adrian Wickerman, at your service, he bowed theatrically. I didn't say my name back. You know where my father is? I was able to gasp out. Adrian let out a high-pitched cold laugh. Of course I do, he said. I was the one who took him, and then I took you. I'm thinking that's either your little sister or your mother. Both, I think, would be easy to break. What? I replied. But I won't touch them, Poppet, if you just tell me what I need to know. I don't know what you're talking about. I tried to wrench my hands out of the cuff, binding me to the chair. 
I don't know anything about what my father did. Just please let me out. Oh, come on, Poppet. There's no need to be shy. Your father and I knew each other a long time ago. He took something that was mine. Something irreplaceable. When I asked him about how I could get it back, he refused to tell me. I thought, surely his daughter will give me the answer. So I popped on over and brought you here. I let out a whine of pain as the realisation of what was happening started to settle in. But Adrian silenced me with a sharp slam of my head against the chair. I gasped, the wind knocked out of me. Your father could talk for hours, I found out. Adrian crooned. Awfully dolphins too, like how he grew up on a chicken farm and how his bastard of a brother pushed him down the stairs when he was six. Never anything I wanted to know. And eventually, I blew his brains out when he started talking about the speedboat he was thinking of buying for his 60th birthday. You monster! I screamed, tears streaming down my face, congealing with the blood on my tongue. How could you? He did, however. Adrian went on, not even batting an eyelid to his confession. Let slip one bit of information that was very interesting to me. Unfazed by my guttering sobs, he strolled over to one of the covered trays on the table and veiled it with a dramatic tug of the cloth, like he was a magician revealing his next trick. The sight of its contents caused me to immediately go quiet. It was a needle. It was the most enormous needle I had ever seen, attached to a syringe filled with a dark green liquid. It flashed as Adrian picked it up, playing with it. I never would have thought the daughter of a doctor would have been terrified with needles. He let slip. There was an incident when you were three? A misplaced vaccine injection, wasn't it? Please. It's ironic, isn't it? Both you and I thought your dear old dad would be able to help us. And yet all he did was mess up even more. He theatrically flicked the glass, letting the liquid slosh and then subside. He could have avoided all of this if he had just done what I had asked him in the first place. The first time he refused, he killed her. And the second time, I killed him. Adrian giggled, a high-pitched, unhinged sort of sound that caused a shudder to zip up my spine. Now, he strolled back over to me and dangled the needle over my head, forcing my head up so my neck rubbed against the metal shackle by my neck. Tell me what your father's plan was, and in return, I won't stick this in your spine and watch you die. When I shook my head, he strode over and hit me once more, and then brandished the needle above me as if to bring it down. I screamed before the needle even touched my skin. Adrian had deliberately left it blunt, and when the light hit, I saw blotches of congealed substance. My stomach did a violent flip, and bile spouted out of my mouth, dribbling down my chin.
Adrian laughs maliciously. <laughs> There's no need to be afraid, Poppet. He cooed, tottling his head to the side. Now, hold your arm whilst I find a vein. I started to fight against the restraints, screaming for someone to come and find me. But my voice travelled through the emptiness until it faded away. The needle swayed ominously over the crook of my elbow, and I felt the bile swim in the back of my throat. Adrian's eyes flashed. I said, with one icy hand, he ripped onto my arm, slamming it down onto the handrest. Keep still. There were no pet gnomes this time. Defeated, I started to sob into my chest. I closed my eyes and willed myself to be anywhere else but here. But then he screamed once more when I felt a hand struggling at my eyelids. Oh no, Puffet, you have to watch. You have to see what's about to happen. Don't be shy or I'll have to slice your eyelids off so you can't look away. The needle moved from my arm to my felt like I was going to pass out. Up close, the needle smelt <laughs> revolting, like damp laundry that had been left to sour for hundreds of years. The green liquid in the syringe sloshed against the mould inside. Please don't do this, I sobbed. Oh. You suddenly think you can bat your eyelids and I won't do it. It didn't work with your father. And it's not going to work with me. I don't know what my dad did to you. I swear I know nothing. I don't believe you. With every word, the needle inched closer to my eyeball until it was a blur of silver as I went cross-eyed. More vomit bubbled from my lips and Adrian drew back a foul mixture of disgust and pleasure on his face. His voice lowered to a hiss and reverberated through the room. But no matter. You'll talk soon enough. There's no one here to save you now. And slowly the needle started to come down towards my arm. Terror scorched my skin like acid. I was screaming so loud it wasn't even recognisable. Just white noise and fear and the feeling of my entire body wanting to get away. I felt the needle touch, then pierce my skin and my world went black for a moment. I felt my eyes roll into the back of my head. I felt my body shudder and then something else overtook it. A coolness. So unnatural, it felt like thick ink was travelling up my arm. I wanted to keep my eyes closed, but another blow to my head startled me back. I didn't want to look at him, and no matter how hard I fought, I couldn't drag my eyes away from my arm. The skin was already turning the putrid red, and the needle had left a thin circle of grime by the puncture mark. The green liquid was slowly being funneled into my body, Another roar of screams, more lashing of failed escapes, only this time Adrian didn't find pleasure in it. With a growl, he pushed the needle so far into my skin, I thought my body was going to seize with fear. He then slammed his hand into my neck. Tell me what your father was doing. 
I opened my mouth to speak, but the cold feeling was now travelling at my shoulder and throat. My hands were straddling against the chains and I couldn't feel my skin anymore. It was as if, with the cold, my senses had been frozen over. Even when Adrian's hand gripped tighter and I felt the chain crackling against my collarbone to where I was sure it had shattered, I didn't feel any pain. All I could feel was the cold metal prick in my arm and the green ink-like liquid seeping into my bloodstream. ANSWER ME! He roared in my face. Thank you, Holly Morris, for a truly wonderful story. Or truly terrifying, I should say. Really got into the fear of this person's mind, of needles and being pinned down and kidnapped. I hope no one ever finds themselves in that situation. Truly, I do. It's not a pleasant one, I should imagine. Um, but yeah. Did you guys get scared at any point? If you did, leave below in the comments what scared you the most in this story. I'm not necessarily scared of needles, but more the grimy, thick, green, ink-like substance and injecting it into yourself. That was more terrifying for me. But yeah, leave what you guys thought was terrifying for you. And that's some truly brilliant artwork from the wonderful Bridget Lees. Um, if I'm trapped in thinking, it's quite dark outside. Do you know what that means? It's past your bedtime.